Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. Kelsey, it's that time of the year. It's the finals, the NBA finals. Full swing getting underway in less than 24 hours from when we are recording this as well, too, Kelsey. And it's been a wild ride so far. I, I, I didn't think we'd get here. I didn't think we'd, we'd ever finally make it. We finally made it. And honestly, I, you know what? It's maybe an upset from what I picked three times i completely mm-hmm. got it wrong three times yet we're still here i I'm, i can't wait for this it's this gonna be a fun series we haven't seen these guys match up since there were two hall of fames playing center for both teams so uh this has been this is gonna be an absolutely exciting matchup from top to bottom i can't wait for this one the celtics warriors it's just this is this is what you sign up for it's a great one and for the first time in three years my preseason prediction is not coming true unfortunately so it ends at the three p first miami gave it a good run there i thought my preseason prediction was coming true for the fourth year but Unfortunately, a little too short, and they kind of ran out of steam towards the end of it as well. I'm getting worse. I, I'm, I'm honestly getting worse at this at this <laughs> whole picking the final teams. Like, give me NFL. I'm doing fine in the NFL. I'm doing fine in MLB. No, I am not picking NBA teams well, and I honestly probably know the NBA better than the rest of them, and I just still cannot pick the teams in the finals anymore. I just, like, I get too hyped up. I start drinking too much Kool-Aid for one team. So basically, you, when next year when we do our NBA preseason prediction show, you're just going to be like, nope. You're just gonna just gonna sit. I'm just gonna pick the Jazz and the Hornets or something stupid like that. Like I don't know, man. You know what? That might just come true. But you know what? All this basketball talk is a perfect way to transition us into our very first segment. Our first segment, known as the tip off. The tip off, of course, brought to you by Doctor Squatch. Smell like a man. Feel like a champion. All your manly soap needs for that special somebody in your life. Go ahead and click the link in our bio and check those out. So we're gonna talk about the finals, and it's gonna be a fun, long, a fun, different type of talk about it. But first, we gotta talk about how we got here a little bit. I alluded to it with the Heat and the Celtics as well, too, in the Eastern Conference Finals. A back-and-forth affair early, but the Celtics down the stretch ended up proving to be just a little bit too much. And a interesting shot selection is how we will d- describe, describe the end of Game 7. So I'm going to let you go and lead off on this one. Describe to me how your thoughts on the Eastern Conference Finals and the Celtics making it to the Finals. How could a team that, uh, that predicates themselves on shooting a three so well uh, choose to shoot so poorly from everywhere? Uh, and to, to close out that, I mean, that's just, that was just rough. I mean, first of all, when, when you have a guy named Max Stoltz says you're, I, I, I don't even, I, I don't even, I, I don't, yeah, Struz, I, as you're, as you're leading score, I don't even know what to call him, like, like primary three point shooter. You have a problem if you're the heat, like you have so many better options and you're going with a guy who, first of all, rocks number 31. If you guys don't know anything about basketball, unless you're Reggie Miller, 31 is not a good number to wear. In the, in, in, in the basketball sphere. like It just never is. It never has been. It's always the guy you give like as a backup center. 
is usually wears 31, except for Reggie. That's the only one that's ever really rocked it well. And this guy, I like, not that Duncan Robinson would have been a better option, but there has to have been somebody on that bench that is a better option than him because he couldn't play defense. He couldn't hit a shot to save his life. And then we actually was hitting shots. Well, it wasn't enough. Um, that kind of brought me but, to the question I wanted to ask you. And that question I had is obviously Duncan Robinson does not play defense very well. That is well established. The man shoots like 44% from three and you gave him $90 million and you couldn't log him for a minute. Like even down the stretch when you just needed buckets and you weren't playing defense anyway, the Celtics were exploiting your defense as it was. You couldn't just put him in there and say spot up and snipe at some point. Like, is, is this like the greatest case of in the doghouse or is this like, I just thought that was really weird that he didn't, he registered less than a hundred seconds in that entire seven game series when you're paying him nearly a hundred million dollars. International mystery man has a new name. His name is Duncan Robinson. Um, he is just lost in the sauce in this case. I don't honestly don't know. I, there's no explanation for how you don't use somebody. This is like, this is borderline just blasphemy. Like you, you're exactly right. He shoots so well from three historically in his career and you paid him so much money how do you not give him an opportunity at least to come out there if, even if it's the case like just late in the game when you need offense just put him in there for the offensive side there's going to be a foul once you guys miss a shot or even if they if you don't miss a shot there's going to be a foul you pull him out he can play that much defense he could be the guy that fouls out after five fouls like i don't know give him five attempts at three give him five fouls and or six fouls six five attempts at three it should work out but no he just didn't exist I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what happens to Duncan Robinson after this. This has just been, it's been a sad, sad state of affairs. It's very odd as well, too. And the last thing I want to talk about the East before we move on to the West is kind of interesting enough. Jimmy Butler, absolutely sensational performance in both game six, a virtuoso up there with the likes of LeBron against the Celtics and Dwayne Wade back in the day as well, too. A virtual. And then game seven, he was well on his way to it, played every single minute, looked absolutely fantastic. But with about 19 seconds left down by two, he pulls up for that fast break three which was pretty open. Al Horford didn't really close out on him, and it rims out. What are your thoughts on that shot selection? Do you think it was a bad shot selection? Do you think it was a good shot selection just doesn't fall? You got a bit of a, you got a, bit of a grin there, so it looks like you got something to say on this. My only thought when that shot went up, shot, shot went up is I hate the current NBA. <laughs> I hate it. Like, just like drive to the basket and dunk that ball. Like, yeah, I don't care. Just like if you're on a fast break, you get the easy buckets as mm-hmm. if you can. You do not – don't stop your momentum. And they've there's this long been a thing, except for Steph Curry. There's very few guys that in, in their career. And I'll, I'll reference Reggie Miller again. There are very few guys in the career that can just be on a fast break and then pull up for a three and actually think it's going to go in Ray Allen in that class as well. Early Richard Lewis in that class, Mike Miller in that class, not very many current day guys can, can, can do that consecutively, but they always do it. I'm tired of like in a situation like that, you need to just take, take the points. Just, just take the points. I'm gonna pull the philosophy that we talk about on Color Guys all the time. Just take the points. It's just, it's safer that way. I will say, I, I don't mind you pulling a three in, in that situation to kind of put the dagger on the game. But you had 19 seconds left, and the shot clock was off. Like I would like, I would like to pull that ball out and maybe work yourself for a shot. Don't give the Celtics a chance or anything. That would have been my thought. Because even if you make that, there's 15 seconds left for Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, and squad to go down and get a bucket on the other end. And Miami's defense had been waning the Celtics offense was waning down the stretch of that game but you still don't want to give give them an opportunity on the back end so I would have liked to pull the ball out and set up a final play but that's just that's just me. I, that's just me. Uh, you know it's and this is the thing again obviously we're looking at it from hindsight being 2020 but it, it, to me I don't I still have a hard time when you just have an open basket like that how well, do you Horford not I mean, now Horford's terrifying he's about as terrifying as a wet paper bag 
I'm sorry. Did you see some I, of the shots he was sending back. I mean, he was. I can't say anything. I can't say anything. He has shut down Giannis in this in these this play these playoffs. So I literally cannot say anything mean about Al Horford. I'm trying, but it just doesn't come out seriously. I like, but in in all in all in all reality, you have an opportunity for for points. You have to take those points. I don't care if there's 15 seconds left. You take your opportunity and you get the point. You get the lead, and then you play your defense. I. I would have trusted the Heat on defense for the last 13 seconds. I know it was getting a rough stretch right there, but I would have trusted them on, on defense for that last 13 seconds because I don't know if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown could have pulled off enough magic. He's pulled off enough. Like, I, like I've like i already seen enough magic from Jason Tatum to, to prove that he's a top five current player in the world right now in my eyes. But, like, I'm not – I don't – I wasn't convinced to think that he could pull it off right there. Okay. All right. So that's definitely one of the great what ifs we'll have, but we're going to jump over to the West really quickly as well too. And you know what? Uh, not quite a cinematic, not quite the, not quite as much fun over there. That was kind <laughs> of a wash as the Warriors handily took care of the, the Dallas Mavericks sort of the greater majority of the entire series. That was of gentleman sweep. If you will, Luke had some moments here and there as well too. Still had some Luca magic, but it was not enough Golden State kind of ran through them. Honestly, not too surprising, I guess. I mean, when we talked, I was like, Luca might be able to give us some problems, but there it felt it kind of went ex- as expected. I feel like. Hey, yeah, give credit to Andrew Wiggins too, and the, and really just the, the 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 studs that they like. I won't say studs, but the group of, of of players that turned themselves into studs playing defense against Luca because it wasn't just one, it wasn't just two, it wasn't just three. They threw bodies at this man, and through the sheer force of Voltron himself, like somehow together they stopped him. Like I don't. I don't know how you do it, but they finally somebody ended up stopping him. Um, he, he looked—he eventually looked like Jimmy Butler did in the in the bubble, trying to lead that team to the finals, but like like what Jimmy tried to do in the bu- bucket or in the bubble is what Luca looked like in this series. Just it was all Luca, and that's if you could shut him down, you saw what happened. And the moment he started struggling, the more the moment Dorian Finney-Smith stopped hitting open threes, that was really where you got in trouble. And then Jalen Brunson kind of just disappeared in this one as far as what he was able to do backing down every point guard because they put clay thompson on him and that doesn't you put clay thompson on a lot of people and they it turns out hey he still has it i don't care coming back from injury or not he can still play defense once so. you put the jackie moon headband on headband on he still has a little bit of something left in the tank but you know what we're gonna condense our tip off here a little bit as well too norman's a longer segment we're gonna tend to condense it because we got a lot of fun Thank coming goodness. up here in the main event and we're not done talking about basketball either, but you know what? Let's go and transition ahead now to our main event segment. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No just necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner the main event of course brought to you by in the clutch apparel as well to go and click the link in our bio use high low sports get yourself a little bit of a discount and get some really classic looking sports apparel as well too and kelsey we a lot of people have heard us talk about basketball and they probably are sick of it by now just because they're, they're tired, of, tired of us always being they're tired of one of us always being right or being obnoxiously wrong there's no in between but that's wow, gonna just call me obnoxious. Why don't you, Jesus? I didn't. You could have been right. I could have been obnoxious. <laughs> it goes both ways. So we decided to bring in some guests here to talk about the NBA Finals with us as well. To not just any guests, we brought some guests that know these teams inside out, up and around, and to the side and to the left, and whatever other cha-cha shuffle description you want to use as well too. So we're gonna get some in-depth look at them in a little feud type game, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna start it off 
Well, you know what? Alphabetically, we'll start off alphabetically first name. So welcome you in Antonio Perez. Antonio, he is a beat writer for the Celtics here at Belly Up Sports, as well as part of a co-host for the Sideline Summit podcast. Antonio, man, we appreciate you coming on and welcome in. Uh, thank you for having me. You know, I got the I got the text talking about they needed someone who knows who knows Celtics. I was like, I can never I can never talk enough Celtics, man. I'm super excited for the finals. Super excited to be live with you guys. Um, I'm super excited to get into it. All right, I gotta ask right behind right behind your head. I see three jerseys. I see a Tatum jersey, a Brown jersey. What's the middle jersey? The middle one. All right, so the middle one is a Miami Vice Tyler Hero jersey. That's my girlfriend's, but I figured it looks so good that it has to be up there. Hmm. Um, and I don't own a third Celtics jersey yet because I've always been rotating with, I'm going to get smart. Or I'm like, uh, maybe I'll mess around and get like Peyton Pritchard or something like that. Uh, I think okay. I think smart smart's incredibly do. I think I'm going to get a black smart jersey and probably, I don't know, maybe an Al Horford because uh, that's my guy. So. Hey, at this Honestly, point, those Miami look good everywhere. Like it doesn't matter what your favorite team is. They, yeah, they go, yeah, you can't yeah. go wrong. Nice top, top, top five jersey they've put out recently, and then also welcoming in for the Warriors here. We're gonna welcome in our guy Casey Foreman, part of the Dudes Talking po- Talking Sports podcast, as well as a contributor at the Blue Man Hoop and Warriors group as well. So Casey, welcome in, man. And obviously, we see your background. It is all warriored up. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on, guys. You know, it's been a while since we've talked last. And like like Antonio was saying, I heard you need someone to talk some Warriors. Uh, like you said, I can never, you know, talk enough about the Golden State Warriors. In my opinion, they're back where they belong in the NBA Finals. So it's great to be here with you guys. Absolutely. Now, you know, we can't give you too much happiness, though, because we have to give you a little bit of sadness. I got to I I'm looking over your, your shoulder here and there's a slash across the Warriors poster. And I said we weren't going to say this because I am also a begrudging Cowboys fan. But see that little Cowboys star there, and uh, I apologize for you for that sake of it. But the rest of the Warriors stuff, it can stay. But that 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 little Cowboys part, I just have to point out that there is a little sadness in there. Man, it's been a rough off season. It's been a rough <laughs> off season, and not one I really feel like talking about right now. But uh, <laughs> you know, they're my boys through you know thick and thin. And uh, hopefully they can at least have a winning record next year. But, hey, let's talk Golden State. Let's talk the team who's had success. Huh? Let's talk uh, the positives. Yeah, let's talk yeah. the positives. <laughs> let's get out of there as well, too. So before we get started, we're going to find a way, because this is going to be a little back and forth tag game. I'm going to ask you a host of questions. You guys are going to give your case for each one, and Kelsey will be the jury and the executioner on this one, determining who will win each round as well, too. But decide Don't who goes first. We're going to give you both an option to determine who goes first. We're going to have you pick a, a number between 1 and 25. So, Casey, I'll have you go first. Give me a number between 1 and 25. How about 20? Okay, we got 20 from Casey. Antonio, a number between 1 and 25. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just go with 7 because it's, like, the closest number I can see. So. <laughs> Perfect. So, we got seven. 20 and 7. And the number we are looking for is number 23 because that is the combined number of championships between these two teams that going back. So, Casey, it looks like you got – Got the nod on that one being closest, so you're going to get to answer first when I ask each question as well, too. So, gentlemen, right. we are now we are now underway. So, the very first question I have is, who has the better three point shooting as a team? Casey, go ahead and make your case for the Warriors first. We're not just talking one or two players; we're talking the full twelve man lineup. Who has a better yeah. three point shooting? I think no, no offense to the Celtics, but it's got to be the Golden State Warriors here. When you're looking at the players they have on the roster, first off, they have the best three point shooter who's ever played the game, the best shooting backcourt that has ever played the game in Stephen Curry 
and Clay Thompson. You add that with Jordan Poole, who's about a 40% three-point shooter just under, and then Andrew Wiggins, who had a career high from three-point land this season, right at 40%. Um, and looking at what they've done so far in the postseason, they're averaging just under 38% from the floor, or sorry, from the three. Celtics are about 36%. They have a lot of guys who can shoot it, um, but I think Golden State is just a little bit better from three. Okay, a compelling argument on the st- on the part of the of the Bay. So, Antonio, I'll give you a chance to rebuttal. Who do you think has the best three point shooting in this in this matchup? Excuse me, and from top to bottom. You know, when the when you first asked the question, I I kind of like you was like, all right, throughout the whole roster, well, it's like, well, Steph Curry h- himself, he may be able to take take it for the Warriors, but anyone the Celtics put out there besides Robert Williams c- can shoot the ball and and willingly make it at a good clip. Um, and they, and they're all not afraid to take that shot. Um, and they're all, and they're all highly respected by defenders when shooting it. Um, that would be my argument for the Celtics is that they're all respected on at, at that, uh, spot on the floor, probably besides Robert Williams, which could, you know, even that could make some problems or not in terms of spacing, but he's still a great lob threat. Dale Tice, he might be able to, he was unplayable last series, but he's, shown he can make threes. He worked with lethal shooter along with Grant Williams. You know, Grant Williams could get hot sometimes. Obviously, game seven against the Bucks, He played really well. I would probably go with the Celtics due to, like, this the mass amount of guys who can make threes um, and their willingness to take them. They're not scared to take them. They'll eventually go down, and they know that. Okay. All right. I like the argument. That being said, I want to see Robert Williams shoot a three. I mean, I'm just curious what it looks like. Does he have Definitely. a clean form? Or That's what like I'm saying. Three? Like I just want to see it. I don't care if it goes in or I just want to see the ball. Yeah, the like if we're up 15, just let one fly. I mean, I watch Giannis shoot just see. Like I've watched, I've watched Giannis shoot threes. At this point in time, Robert Williams cannot shoot any worse than, than Giannis shoots from three. He's yeah. getting better. Know, Giannis is suddenly a sniper all of a sudden too. It's, it's, but it's those first three quarters. He's an absolute dog. You know what, when it comes to shooting. So you both have made your compelling arguments as well too. But one for the Warriors, one for the Celtics. We're going to send things off to Judge Kelsey. So Kelsey, yeah. give us your thoughts on this one and give us tell us who wins the first round. Well, look, obviously Casey, this one is, it, it, it's, it's a very tilted towards the Warriors, but actually Antonio makes a very good point here. And then outside of Robert Williams, there's very few guys on the Celtics roster that cannot, shoot a three and cannot shoot it well i mean i look at jason tatum by himself he can shoot through people literally shoving him over at the same time he's he's jacking up a stupid three but with that said i have to give it to casey because antonio of what you said at the beginning steph curry can make up for a couple guys no matter what he could probably take on most of the celtics roster well i'm looking at draymond green i'm looking at some of their guys that can't shoot threes steph curry more than makes up for that three-point percentage oh this was a lot closer of an argument because of what your point about how many people on the Celtics can actually make that three? So, but point to Casey in this one. But that was a you you, you made a very valid point, Antonio. Yeah, for sure. The ironic twist of face. The Celtics with the strength and numbers argument as well. Too very very unique twist of face mm-hmm. we got going on here as well. By too, the way, so. both finished top fifteen in three point per, uh, shooting percentage this season. So not bad at all. Absolutely as well too. So we have Casey taking round one. So that's going to take us into round two. Who has the better team defense, top to bottom as well, too, no matter who you put out there who could play better defense? Antonio, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Make your case for the Celtics. You know, I, th- I thought this one was really interesting. Just Jason Kidd mentioned how the Warriors had this suffocating zone defense. So I guess in terms of playing like a team, yeah, that's a good argument for the Warriors. But I think the Celtics, everyone in their starting lineup this year got a first-team all-NBA defense vote. 
whether that's a probably a homer given a boat or something, it's it's still it's still incredible. Uh, it, this is the type of series where they'll the Celtics usually just switch everyone if they're running a small lineup of like White, Smart, Brown, Tatum, and probably Grant Williams. They're switching absolutely everything, and I think they're in their greatness on defense individually, and then their ability to like swarm guys like. Steph Curry, great ball handler. They're going to swarm them like they did with Kevin Durant. Uh, I'm I'm definitely going the Celtics on this one because they they can switch everything. And even if they don't, they're great at fighting over screens or picking one person just to, to completely clobber and force a turnover. And they did that a lot during early in the Miami series. I'm going with Boston for sure. It's definitely a good argument. And 2022, Ime Udoka might be a demigod when it comes to coaching. He's got them to do defensively mm-hmm. since that flip of the calendar year as well, too. So, okay, so I'll give you your chance for your rebuttal. Do the Warrior, Do you think the Warriors are a better team defense? I'll let you go and make the case. So I don't want to lie to you guys, okay? <laughs> the Celtics probably have the best defense in basketball. I think Golden State could be, you know, right there at number two. You know, both teams, they were one and two in the regular season before Draymond got hurt. They were the number one defense, but looking at, you know, how long Boston is, how the versatility on that side, I think you almost have to give it to them. But when you're looking at the Warriors, I do think there is a case for Golden State. I think they have the best defensive player in the series and Draymond Green. That's just my personal opinion. He can literally guard one through five and do a very good job, you know, at no matter what position he's guarding. Andrew Wiggins has emerged as, you know, one of the very best two-way players in basketball. So far in this postseason, Wiggins is holding players to only 33% from the floor, and Draymond's holding players to 35% from the floor, looking at all their combined averages. So both of those players have been pretty locked down in game one against the Dallas Mavericks, against a top five, top three player in the world, which is Luka Doncic. They held him to only 20 points and more turnovers than shots made. That's the first time Luka's ever done that in the postseason. We know how great Luka is in the playoffs. Uh, He had seven turnovers, only six field goals made. It's hard not to give it to Boston here, but with also what Antonio was saying, the way that they play as a unit, that zone defense can be so suffocating as to where, you know, you got to pick your poison and, and, I give the slight edge to Boston, but I don't think Golden State's very far behind. I think there is a case for both teams. Very, very good. Very compelling case as well, too. Kelsey, I'm sending this one off to you. You do not have an easy job as the jury today. It's, it's not it's well, not an easy walk-through case like it like we thought that you thought it might be. No, but but Casey did kind of give it to him on this one. He did did willingly say that the, the Celtics are the better defense. But I also take this one step further. You also have the defensive MB, like defensive most valuable defensive player of the year on the Celtics. On top of that. I don't. I don't care what anybody says about Jason Tatum. I mean, obviously, you guys both know about Jason Tatum. DJ, you know my love hate relationship with Jason Tatum over the years. This guy this year has been defensively on top of his game. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of scary how good he's been defensively, and and I still can't get over the fact that Steph Curry. He doesn't really play defense. He plays center field defense, which is a completely different thing. He plays that backside help role. And, and it really bothers me because he has stepped away from what I thought he did well, which was be a nuisance on the ball and and just kind of cause havoc. He doesn't have to do anything. He just really stands there and just swings his arms around. He does enough. But he does now have he's a top five defensive rating for guards so far. He, he does. He does. But, but yeah, it's it, it was – I mean, it comes down to it, obviously, that defensive – I mean, Casey, honestly, if you didn't give it to him, it would be a little bit of a harder decision, but this one definitely goes to the Celtics defensively. 
But it, I mean, it is a little, it is really close. To your point, they did finish the season with Golden State at uh, oh god, not number four. Sorry, at number ten, and then Boston Celtics number two overall behind the Heat uh, defensively. So that does help help the case for the Celtics as well. But really, I appreciate both stats and Casey. Your stats about Andrew Wiggins are spot on, especially about Luca. But you also have to take into account Giannis was shut down by Al Horford of all people, and that's a huge. A and huge aspect. Yeah. Well, yeah, too. But, I mean, you look at that, and it's it, – you got to give it to the Celtics on this one. So, Antonio, mm-hmm. points yours on this one. So, 1-1. One, one. All right. So, we got ourselves a 1-1 one, one series lead heading into a pivotal question number three. And this one's a little – this one's a little more fun for me, at least. Who would you rather have as your team's lead superstar today, Jason Tatum or Steph Curry? Casey, I'm going to let you go first. Go ahead and make your case for who you want as the leader of your team between the two for this series. I got to go with Steph Curry on this one, despite, you know, the versatility and the size of Jason Tatum. The guy's 24 years old, which is great going forward, but we've seen it from Steph Curry time and time again. This is his sixth finals appearance. He has the most three-pointers made of all time. He's been the clutchest player. I think this is a very underrated uh, stat right here. He's been the clutchest player in these playoffs, leading these this postseason in fourth quarter points per game and in total fourth quarter points. So he's been great in the clutch in comparison to you know the Boston Celtics, who haven't been great late in games, blowing a lot of leads. Um, so I think Steph, how clutch he is, the IQ, I think he is one of the smartest players in basketball i think he's the best point guard he's the best player at his position next to no one can really throw this guy off of his game you know guys that you know i shot you know 50 40 90 from the you know from the field before all-star game mvp we've seen him in big moments you know go off for nearly what 50 60 points i think steph curry like i said is the best point guard in the game i think he's a top five player i think it's debatable whether or not Jason Tatum's top five. I'm going to go with Steph Curry. Okay, a strong argument for the OG one there as well, too. So, Antonio, I'll go ahead and toss this one to you. Do you think Jason Tatum, would you rather have Jason Tatum going to this series? I, I would rather have Jason Tatum. Um, a good a good point I'd like to bring up is, so Jason Tatum, anyone who's like in the Boston circle knows he's not the most vocal guy. Um, he's not going to like, he's not like Marcus Smart. He's not going to be yelling on the court, you know, He'll direct traffic, but not in like the demanding way. The way he is a leader of the team, when you see your 24-year-old elite three-level scorer diving on loose balls, picking up the best player on the other team, it makes you want to do it too. And um, it, with with the guys uh, like around Tatum, they they can all do like they can all pick it up defensively. Basically, when Tatum gets going, everyone else wants to get going. And and same thing with Steph Curry. Like he hits a three, like the 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 roof's about to blow off. Um, but quite the contrary, I mean, in Miami game seven, Miami's getting on a little run. They hold they hold Boston to a, a great defensive possession, knock the ball out of bounds, four point eight seconds. And I think th- the Miami knew, Boston knew, and the entire building knew Jason Tatum was gonna get it uh on the far sideline. He's shooting a fadeaway. He had Jimmy Butler on him. Miami's on a run. Jason Tatum hits a uh, probably like an 18 foot fadeaway and shuts the entire place up. So, and Jason Tatum, while yes, Steph Curry does lead in all basically all clutch statistical categories. Um, I would I would go Tatum. He he still hits timely uh, shots down the stretch. He plays clutch defense throughout the entire game, and it just makes 
other dudes want to do what he's doing. I like it. A very compelling case from both as well, too. And both very centered on those fourth quarter clutch moments when you want your superstar as well, too, where both players have been absolutely fantastic. Steph Curry shutting the door basically throughout the entire playoffs as well. And Jason Tatum, not to be underrated what he did. He has a game-winning shot as well as against the Bucs. Every time the Bucs looked like they had a chance, Jason Tatum came through and against the Heat. That shot against Jimmy Butler, shaking him with 2.8 seconds on the clock with that fake spin to get that fade away, too. So a tough tough one. You know what, Kelsey? I don't envy you. This is why we pick these roles. you got to make this decision. Man, I'm the bad guy today. This <laughs> is tough. So this is tough because, actually, you know, you, you, there's a lot of good points there. I, I do value a lot, uh, some defensive qualities there, as I talked about on the last one. Uh, but that clutch factor, obviously, Steph, Steph's clutch factor is is huge in this. And, and at the end of the day, when you talk about finals, it always comes down to the small, minute details, and and that can be done in the the clutch factor, like whether it's offensively or defensively in the cl- in clutch time. And and that's it's tough because I I honestly kind of want to split this one down the middle because you guys both gave really good points, and I would not hate either option, which again is a huge change for me. Jason Tatum statistically over the last couple years because I've not been the biggest Jason Tatum fan but this season I do think he has played outstanding and it's him and Steph Curry were 5A 5B in the top five current players for me and uh you know hearing both you guys's arguments I have to go with Steph because he's proven himself in these clutch moments in the finals and that is something I think I need I need that little bit more provenness. Now, with that said, I do think it's going to come down to this exact matchup deciding this series. Yeah, And I 100% think Jason Tatum has an opportunity to win this series by himself in that this comes up. But right now, I think I have to I have to go with Casey and I have to go with Steph because of the, he's, had, he's had that proven factor so far. And nothing against Tatum. It's just that's the one thing he lacks at the end of the day. I think he just hasn't proven that he could be consistently clutch. Kind of a LeBron factor early in his career. He hasn't proven he can make that last shot. So that's kind of how I look at it. All right. A razor close decision going with age over beauty on this one as well, too. So the Warriors like it, man. a 2-1 lead so far, taking us now into question number four. This one I think Kelsey is going to like a lot as well, too. Who would you rather have as a co-star, Jalen Brown or Clay Thompson? Who would you rather have as your, as your Robin, as you will? Antonio, I'm going to let you go first to go and make your case. Uh, it's funny because uh, I actually wrote an article about how Jalen Brown is the best Robin in, in the NBA. And that doesn't mean like, and that's not to say like, oh, in terms of everyone else who is the second best player on the team, he is better than them. Cause I don't think he's better than Paul George. I don't, I don't think he's necessarily better than Kyrie Irving yet. Uh, but in terms of what he's asked to do, what he needs to do, no one does it better than him. If Tatum's having an off game, Jalen Brown will he'll easily pick up the slack. I believe he's about like 90% of what Jason Tatum is. Tatum is like a little bit better of a defender. He's a little bit better of a shot maker and he's got a little bit better of a handle, but Brown on any given night can do all those same things. We've seen him. He's given 40 to Miami and he, and he's very quick to bounce back. Um, The thing with clay, I believe clay is in my opinion, the second greatest shooter of all time. Uh, but when you do play that way, you live and die by your shot selection. And he could easily get into a slump. I would I would never pray for that. I love Klay Thompson. But Jalen Brown, due to his versatility on offense and defense, he can affect the game in different ways. He can mimic his Batman better than anyone else. Uh, he's, a, he's not uh, – I wouldn't say he's a good playmaker. He's a slightly below average playmaker. 
Um, but I no knock on Clay Thompson. I think any any type of playmaking is better than his. And that's not to say he's not a good like pass or anything. He makes it. He makes his plays moving off the ball, getting the ball from Draymond, get it from Steph. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm rolling with Jalen Brown due to his ability to mimic his Batman when needed. It's a really good argument. I will make the case Jay, that I think Jay's Taylor has much better ball handling because the amount of times I saw Jalen Brown dribble a ball off his foot this last in those last it, few it, games. It's, it's off and on. It, it took it's a really feet. off and on. I've seen Jalen Brown drop people, and then I've seen him just drop lose the ball off his knee. Like, we're working on it. We're working on it. But exactly, he's a young Yeah. All right, so Casey, we'll let you make the case for Jackie Moon slash Clay Thompson playing now his sixth consecutive NBA Finals as well to make make the case for him as the as the better Batman, if you will. Yeah, you know, despite Jalen Brown being the younger player, um, you know. Probably a little bit better defensively than Clay is after those those two horrific injuries, but I'm probably leaning Clay Thompson here. I think it's very close between these two guys. Uh, but with Clay's uh, ability to show up and be the best player on the court when it matters most, Game Five against Dallas, Game Six against Memphis. Like I said, Game Six Clay. There's a reason that's his nickname. It's almost legendary. Guy has the most three pointers in NBA playoff history in a single game with 11. Uh, no one shows up in these big moments in these finals like Clay Thompson does. And I know he can live and die by that shot selection. That can, you know, be a damper on his game. But this guy's shooting, you know, over 45% from the floor, nearly 40% from three. Chances are he's going to be knocking down his shot. And one thing I will give him, uh, give him the edge on is, you know, or at least earlier in, in you know this season, earlier in their career, it was kind of like, hey, who's going off today? Is it Jason Tatum or is it Jalen Brown? It usually wasn't both of them. One thing with Clay Thompson, he can get his despite having Kevin Durant, despite having Steph Curry and all, and Jordan Poole, all these talented players on the roster. Clay Thompson's still getting his 20, 25 points. Okay, and that, that, that kind of shows how great he is. He doesn't need to dribble the basketball. He doesn't need – he simply needs to catch the ball and, and you know, a, a half a foot of space to get that thing off, not even that much, right? So because of Clay's ability to show up in the big moments, I'm going to go with Clay Thompson. All right, a dynamic argument as well, too. Kelsey, you are up. Who wins the Battle of the Co-Stars? I'm glad you guys didn't make this hard for me or anything. Jesus, like – what are we doing here? <laughs> You're talking about my two favorite Robins, if you will, in 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 the history of the game, like in, in the game today. Um, and I don't even go go as far as say, especially this season. I think Jalen Brown might not even be Robin. He's upgraded himself to Nightwing at this point in time. He has been really a like I'm going to show my nerdiness here. Um, yeah, he's been the Nightwing to the Batman of of Jason Tatum, whereas Clay is. I'd even say Clay took a step back this season. I, 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 I'd hate to say it that way, but obviously coming off the injuries, you don't expect a whole lot. You expect a, a Robin. Unfortunately, it wasn't a great Robin. He's just a Robin. Um, and it's 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 been it's been rough. But I think if I'm going with you know the arguments you guys gave and the current and going into this series, who I want is my number two. It's got to be Nightwing. I got I got to take J, I got to take Jalen Brown in this one because I'd need somebody if. For some reason, Jason Tatum's struggling. You know, if my superstar is just not there, I need somebody to be able to come in there and be the superstar. And I think the one thing that makes me lean towards Jalen Brown is his playmaking because Clay has Draymond at the end of the day. Draymond, let's be, let's be real. The Warriors, they run around Draymond 
and Draymond just like, all right, well, here you go, guys. Like, this is what you are. But and I think that's great. And I, I'm going to probably catch heat for what I'm about to say. And, and mind you, I love Clay Thompson, but Clay Thompson is a fantastic role player in what he is. He is one of the greatest role players to ever play the game because that's all the Warriors ask him to do. He plays defense and he shoots off the dribble. That's all he has, has ever had to do. He can make plays. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes down to like, what is a what is a role? You're assigned a role when you first step in. His role is go play defense and you knock down 60% of your shots from the field. And he does that. And he doesn't have to have to dribble. He does, He's like, all right, willingly, I will not dribble and be okay. I'll score 60 points off of four, off of four dribbles. That's fine. But unfortunately, when you're a role player, sometimes you need other people to make yourself great. And he does need Draymond to make himself great. He does need a Steph, at least on the floor. He doesn't have to be a good Steph. He needs Steph on the floor to be great. And I think that's the difference between Jalen Brown and Klay Thompson, especially now after the injury. So I got to go. I got to go Antonio with this one. Jalen Brown. I do. I honestly, these are my two favorite, like number two guys in the league. So it's, it's so hard for me to pick, but. Definitely Jalen Brown, especially if I'm going into a NBA Finals. I have to get you some tissue paper. I think this one tore you up emotionally a little bit there as man, well. So I, 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 got, I, got, I heard in your voice a little. Bit. Coming down, man. It's, 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 like you guys are asking me to choose between my firstborn children here. <laughs> well, there's a big age discrepancy for your two firstborn children there. You got some explaining to do there, sir, as well, too. Among many other factors, there's some explaining you have to do there as well. Too. Yeah, there, there was, was some time on. travel and there was there was some time. Yeah, we're not getting into so. it. We're moving on to question number five with our series tied at two apiece now. So question number five, who would you rather have as your X-Factor type player, Marcus Smart or Draymond Green? Two guys that you play against them, you absolutely hate them, but if they're on your team, you absolutely love them. Casey, you're gonna, I'm going to let you take this one first. Make your case. Yeah, uh, that's tough. Uh, I think those two players play a very similar role. You know, defensively, they're the best defensive player on the roster. And both teams don't expect a lot from them offensively, but they expect them to contribute. You know, so uh, I did the podcast just came out today. And I actually had both of these guys as an X factor, Marcus Smart for the Celtics, because when he's knocking down shots, you know, it's tough to beat that Celtic team. But the Warriors are so much better when you know they simply need 10 points. When they get double digit scoring from Draymond Green, this team is tough to beat because you can't play four on five. Okay, you got to go five on five, and chances are whoever's going one on one is not going to be able to stop a Steph Curry, a Jordan Poole, and Andrew Wiggins. So when Draymond's knocking down shots, like, and that is the huge X factor, you got to play these other guys one-on-one, which is next to impossible to do with, with, with the likes of talent they have on that roster. And defensively, I just think he's a better defender than Marcus Smart. No disrespect. I think both guys are top tier in the NBA, but Draymond can truly, because he's six foot six, six foot seven, he can guard one through five. We've seen him guard Steven Adams. Like we've seen him go, he's, he's going to be guarding Jason Tatum in this series. You know, he's going to be all, he's going to be guarding Al Horford, Robert Williams. He's going to be guarding next to everyone on that floor. And I don't think Marcus can do that at a high level. And as far as X factor goes, like I said, they simply need 10 points from Draymond. And then you, and then he is a little bit of a threat offensively. You got to play one-on-one then with the rest of the roster, which usually doesn't end in the favor of the opposing team, that defense with the talent on that offensive side of Golden State. So I'm going to go with Draymond Green. Also, what he does, you know, bringing energy for his team. He is the Jordan plugs the spot. It is our Jordan Poole is the spark plug off the bench. But Draymond Green is the motor of the Golden State Warriors. They go, you know, as far not you know Steph's their best player, obviously, but emotionally, it's Draymond Green. Sometimes he does have to dial it back, 
but you know he plays that villain role, gets into the other team's head. Uh, all those factors combined, I think Draymond's just a better player overall. I'm going to go with Draymond. Strong case as well, too. And as long as he doesn't give you that quadruple single, he definitely does make a strong impact on the game, as long as he gets at least one double in there as well. So, Tony, I'll let you go ahead and make your case now as well. Uh, one thing uh, one thing I want to say about Draymond, I love his podcast. I listen to it all the time. Same. Um, uh, it, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a good listen. Uh, unlike his first go around at podcast, but um, <laughs> I'm going Mark, I'm going Marcus smart. Uh, and I think the difference is they're both great defenders um, and they're both really good playmakers Where this. Uh, and Draymond has a little bit of lead. He can guard the five, uh, but there could be times where both teams go small ball and that just simply goes out the window. Uh, and it's just a matter of who is the better, you know, who, who got lateral quickness, who has good ball skills, who is willing to take any switch possible. Obviously, they both can. Smart, the difference between Draymond and Smart is you mentioned how, like, if you get 10 from Draymond, that's huge. And I am, I completely agree. I think if he scores at all, it is a plus because he is so good at everything else. If, if he's getting points, it's great. The difference between that is Marcus Smart is capable of going for 25. Like, he's go, he is capable of getting he nearly had a triple double. He nearly had 25, 12 and nine on his first game back off the ankle. And then this closeout game, I believe he had 22 and five, no turnovers. Um, so he is capable of being a pretty good scorer alongside JT and JB um, while doing all the things that Draymond can probably at like a slightly lower level, but when the scoring's that much better, um, I'd rather have smart. And this isn't a Derek white argument, but even if Smart's not effective, Derek White is like the same dude. I know it's not like a two-on-one against Draymond, but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to take Smart just because uh, he actually can be a threat scoring and he hits the most timely shots I've ever... He hits the most no, no, yes shots ever. Mm-hmm. And um, I love him for that. Uh, Boston fans, they have the like the saying, love and trust, and it's just directly towards him because... He'll make you very angry, but you just gotta trust him. Like he, he'll, he'll find it. Like he'll find a way to win. Yeah. Going Whenever smart. he shoots, it feels like Brett Favre back in the day. No, no, yeah, okay, fine, that works as well too. Just, it's just, yeah, it's yeah, just like that. that. You're yeah. like, we'll, we'll take it at this point. So, Kelsey, we got a tough battle between two of the more. How do I want to word this? Pain in the you know what's in the NBA as well too, and some of the best actors you will see out there as well too sell it better than anyone. So, Kelsey, which one of them? Which one of them sold you on their argument? <laughs> I I'm pleading the fifth on this one. This one's tough. Oh um, no, you don't. <laughs> ah, this is dude. This is you guys make great great arguments for both guys. I mean, Marcus Smart being kind of the better overall all around offensively and defensively player, uh, and obviously not altogether just as an overall package. He does fit that because he can score. Draymond does his best work when he's on that fine edge of absolutely being a crazy mofo and pulling it back to be like. I don't care. I'm going to shoot this three. Like he's on the, when he's on the edge of, I can shoot and act like a fool and not get teed up. That's, that's the best Draymond that comes to play. The problem has been, I haven't seen that Draymond honestly in quite a few, few years. Like I haven't seen that Draymond in a, in a while. It's, it's been a much more tame or he flies off the handle at the stupidest times. Like DeMarcus cousins level Draymond. Um, Right now, if I, I who is better, I have to give it to the defensive player of the year in this situation. I have to give it to Marcus Smart because I think at the end of the day, what I what he can provide for me offensively is going to outweigh what Draymond does. And with that said, 
I think Draymond's a future Hall of Famer. I don't like take anything away from him. I think he's a high quality player. I just think that the difference is going to come down to having that third offensive ability for the Celtics team versus two guys and an assist guy offensively. Like, I, I love having an assist guy, but really at the end of the day, he needs to be able to shoot and he needs to shoot confidently. And that I've never seen Draymond shoot a confident shot in his life. I think, I think Draymond is like, he steps up for a wide open three and he's like, uh, uh, uh. okay, no, I, I, screw it. I'll throw it and see what happens. And for a guy who passes so well, you think he could just pass it in the net, but it doesn't work that way, I guess, for him mentally. So yeah, give me Marcus Smart in this one. Antonio, your point about his offense and your point about his ability to hit timely shots are our big reasons why. Plus, you, you threw out the small ball lineups, and that's really a big part of this factor because Jonathan Kaminga does play 50% of the game, and that is going to be a smaller ball lineup for the for the Warriors, and he can guard all five. I mean, Jonathan Kaminga does not play like a big guy, even though he should, and that really is it, it hampers a lot of what the Warriors could do big. So give me Marcus Smart in this one, but it is – Man, you guys are not making this easy. Like, I, I yeah, I don't enjoy. I am not enjoying my job right now. Well, that's why that's why we made sure you had it as well too. So a three to two lead for Antonio and the Celtics. Now heading into our last couple of questions, and you know what, this last these last ones they're gonna be a little bit differently shaped. The last ones we've been having, who would you rather? That sort of thing. Now we're gonna have you make the case for your case your case for these teams. So this first one I have is ESPN Basketball Power Index, which take that with a grain of salt. I'm just gonna start it off now. Take that with a pound of salt. They have the Celtics with an 86% chance to win with the Warriors at 14%. Is this spot on? Is this blasphemous? Is it somewhere in between? Antonio, I'll let you lead the way. What are your thoughts on the on this index percentages? Someone at ESPN is trying to write some type of narrative for Steph Curry. They're trying to make him this incredible underdog. So if the Warriors win, they, they'll just, the Steph Curry top 10 all time will, will start flowing in. It's utterly ridiculous. Um, while obviously I do think the Celtics will win, I'm biased. So, like, what does that matter to me? This is, I think, this is one of the most evenly matched up finals uh, we've had in in a while. Like, I, I truly do believe that. Um, the stars are out on both sides. There is just, and when the dudes, when one of these teams, when they have a combined 123 um, finals games experienced. Yep. I believe I don't know if that's just players or includes Kerr or whatever, but there's just no way you look at them and think they only have a 14% chance of winning. I think that their experience alone gets them 30%, and then they have the greatest shooting backcourt of all time. They have one of the best young players in the game. They have the Dennis Rodman of our era, and then they have great role players um, like Jonathan Kaminga. Kavon Looney was huge last series, uh, and Gary Payton is probably going to be back. Um blasphemy that that is that's terrible as i do still think the celtics would win that's a that's just a terrible job by espn that's not how it should be i think it should be more like a like a 55 45 type of thing it should be close but i still think they should go celtics that's just bad odds though absolutely all right and casey i'll give you a chance now they're disrespecting your warriors with that big percentage tell me what explain to me your thoughts on that one as well too and go and give me your percentage as well what you think it should be Antonio was pretty much spot on there. Given the Warriors less than 15% is less than 20% of a chance to win this series is absolutely ridiculous. And in my opinion, I think they should be favored. They're the, they're the betting favorite right now. When you're looking at the odds, they're the betting favorite right now. As you were saying, Antonio, they have over 100 games 
a finals experience when Boston doesn't have a single one. I think they have the best player in the series. I think they have the best defensive player in the series. I think they have more offensive weapons. When you're looking at them, they have four guys who can go get you 20 or 25 points on a nightly basis. Boston has two, maybe three, if you want to include Marcus Smart, but he is a pretty inconsistent offensive player at times. They have a, a head coach who has never, who has, you know, what he's lost two times in the NBA Finals in six or five appearances. They've never lost in the Western Conference playoffs under Steve Kerr. At the very least, they're making it to the NBA Finals with all that veteran experience and offensive firepower. I think it's ridiculous that it's that big of a difference, and I think it should be. Uh, maybe like a 48 to 52, something like that. Very close on. I think it is about a 50-50 split. Um, but I would give the slight edge uh, to the Golden State Warriors because of Steph Curry and all, all of the, um, you know, all the experience on that roster. I think Golden State should be favored. So I'm with you. I, I think that's ridiculous. All right. Seems like we're all on the same page. The ESPN basketball index is off its cuckoo train. So we don't have to, that too, not too much to debate there. So Kelsey, for your jury job on this one, it'll basically be, what are your thoughts on the percentages? Whose percentage do you agree with more on this one? I think I got to go with Casey's more. And this comes down to more of the, you finish the season with a better record. You have the experience and the other team does not, and the naivety of the other team. And that's really what it comes down to. And I do think Casey, you picking a 52 48 versus a 55 45 split. For the Celtics being in favor, 55-45, where the now Warriors 52-48. I think that's more accurate with what I think betting-wise. Like, I honestly think I could take this seven games betting and honestly pick back and forth both times and get every game wrong and still end up, you know, with a chance to pick the right winner at the end of the day. Like, yeah. I could pick every game wrong, but that's just how crazy the series is going to be. Both teams have so many dynamic pieces, but I think at the end of the day, you got to give the edge to the Warriors because of the experience and the better record at the end of the day and the coaching. I would, I've made a, the coaching has been a big deal this year, especially when you look at the Nets and Amy Doka in the second half. How what's how how much his coaching has had led the Celtics turnaround. So you have to take coaching into account here, and the experience does lie with Steve Kerr. So I got to go fifty two forty eight, the same uh, similar percentage, Casey, uh, to what you have. I actually probably go fifty one forty nine personally, but it's close. It's closer. It's, yeah, it's it's as close as you can get, and give the Warriors credit on this one. So I'm giving Casey this one as well. So, uh, but yeah, that's this one just comes down to experience. Mm -hmm. And in a fitting way for what should be a wonderful series and what's been a wonderful show so far, we got ourselves a tie 3-3 split here going into this And it wasn't easy. And it, yeah, and Kelsey's going to probably need a drink after this one as well, too, trying to, trying to pick don't through worry, here. But the, this last one's going to be really easy, and this one's just our nice little written essay, if you will. We're going to have you pick who's going to win the finals, how many games, and give me your MVP. Go ahead and break down what your prediction will be for us. Okay, so I'll let you lead the way on this one. Go ahead and break it down for us. Yeah, I got the Warriors in six games. Okay, I got the Warriors in six. I, like I was saying, I think they do have the best player in the series in Steph Curry. He's a, he's a you know top 15, top 13 player of all time, best three-point shooter we've ever seen. As Antonio was saying, it's the best shooting backcourt in NBA history. I think they have the best defensive player in the series in Draymond Green. He's got a chip on his shoulder after not, not making first-team all-NBA defense. So I think he's going to come out with some intensity, with some purpose. Steve Kerr, patented coach, you know, a guy who's been here, done that. They've never lost in the Western Conference, like I said. Uh, it's finals or bust for this team, basically, under, under Steve Kerr. And when you're looking at, you know, all, all, the, all of the concerns that I have, I have concerns for both teams. For Golden State, it's because, you know, Boston is so long, they're so big, you know, their length and their size 
is a big concern for the Warriors, and they switch everything defensively, which the way the Warriors like to play, you know, they're kind of counting on two guys going on Steph to make that pass to Draymond for a guy to kind of come over while he's driving to the hoop, you know, then a kick out three to a wide open shooter usually, right? So playing, you know, uh, the way they switch defensively, they're not going to do a lot of blitzing, a lot of double teaming and stuff. They're simply going to switch it because one through five are going to be able to guard that position. So those are my concerns for the Warriors. But I also have some concerns for Boston. Like, hey, you guys have already gone through so much. You've had two seven-game series, one with the reigning champs and the best player in the world, one against Miami, which in my which in my opinion – they had no business going seven games with the Miami Heat with all that they were getting. It was, it was a one-man show out there with Jimmy Butler. Tyler Hero barely played in the series. Kyle Lowry wasn't great and barely played. And Bam Adebayo was basically a no-show offensively, right? So I, I think they should have won that series in six, and they nearly lost it in game seven. It was a two-point game with, what, 20 seconds left. Jimmy Butler hits that three. We might be having a completely different conversation right now. And – Talking back to that that Bucks series, if Chris Middleton is healthy, I honestly think Milwaukee gets past this team. So when you're taking everything into consideration, you know it's a young team that's never been here before. Smart and Williams have been banged up this entire playoff run, and then an, an older player like Al Horford, who wasn't great, you know, closing out Miami. How much is left in the tank for a guy like that? That's my concern. He's played two seven-game series. He's 34, 35 years old. How much is left in the tank? You know, it's a young team. They, they haven't been phenomenal in crunch time. I'm going to go the Warriors in six. I have more concerns for Boston than I do the than Golden State. Interesting. All right. Very strong case for the, for the Warriors as well, too. Antonio, I'll let you go ahead and let, give us your Hold prediction. On, who's, who's his MVP? Hold on. Who is his oh, yeah, MVP? Who's oh, MVP? Steph Curry gets his first ever finals MVP. Let's make that clear. He's going to be the best player in the sport. <laughs> And he's going to show out with a chip on his shoulder. Guy, he should have got it in 2015. That's neither here nor there. Steph Curry gets the MVP. All right, so we got Steph breaking through. So, Antonio, I'll let you go and make the case. Who's going to win, how many games, and who's the MVP for you? I got the Boston Celtics winning in seven games. It's a, it's, not many people are going to go into Steph Curry's place, beat him in that seventh game or in general. Um, but it, it takes it – takes, like a high level guy, it takes a t- one of the five best players on the planet to do so. Jason Tatum is not one of the five best players in my eyes. Sim- one, because I just think there's five better players, and two, if I were to say that, they're like, Oh, you're just uh, you're biased, obviously. Jason Tatum, I think, is about to show the world he's one of the five best players on the planet. Um, I think he's gonna go absolutely crazy. Um, Draymond will be a problem with him if he, if he has to take Draymond ISO, it can be a problem. Tatum loves calling for a switch. And I'm going to be honest, uh, the only other person who could worry me um, is either Andrew Wiggins or Gary Payton Jr., depending on how much he plays. Both guys are, are very great with great ball handlers. But um, one's guard Tatum, who's going to, uh, you know, Jalen Brown could also go off for us. Our individual defensive talent will work in many rotations. I think Derek White is going to be huge in those small ball minutes, like he was in Miami ever since he he had his firstborn son Hendricks. Um, kind of like Fred Van Vliet a while back, he's just been a completely different player. Um, I think I think Boston and like 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 uh, you, I think you mentioned this this segment or last segment um, that Golden State has three or four guys who can go get you twenty twenty five points. But 
Boston is guaranteed to have two guys go for at least 20, like 23 points. And a third guy will always step up. And that's just how it's been. Grant Williams had a big game. Al Horford had 30 at one point. Smart's usually the guy to step up, but Derek White can step up. As long as guys keep hitting their shots, they're making plays for each other. Um, they'll continue to extend the series. I am worried about their clutch time minutes. Um, so they're going to have to blow Steph Curry out to the point where there is no amount of historic shooting that can get them back in the game. Way, way easier said than done. Um, Ime Adoka with no, obviously no finals experience. This is his first run. I think he's, I think he is out coached every, every coach he's, he's played against so far, despite his players, you know, they like, honestly, the Miami series should have been over in five. The Bucks series should have been over in five or six. The Bucks series, the Celtics outplayed them in six of the seven games. It's a matter of not blowing leads. Um, now it's, that's going to be tough. If you get a lead on Golden State, you just got to keep churning ahead. There's no taking your foot off the gas. This is going to easily be the hardest, like, no matter what happens for the rest of Tatum, Brown, Smart's career, this is going to be the hardest thing they've ever done. Uh, you're playing a hungry Warriors team. It's been a while. Um, it's going to be fun. I got Celtics in seven. The, the individual talent on defense, the individual talent on offense, Um it's going to be a show. Jason Tatum is my finals MVP. Uh, I guess since you said to SA, I'm going to go for bonus points and say my dark horse MVP could be Marcus Smart in an Iguodala type of way that if he holds Steph Curry to slightly under his averages, <laughs> like if he holds Steph Curry to a human performance, they the, the voters might look at it very strange, but I think I'll boldly put my bank account on Jason Tatum uh, if the Celtics win. All right, I Casey, like it. I just I just want to give you give you a chance, Dark Horse MVP for for the Warriors, Casey. Well, since he went defensively, I'll go Andrew Wiggins. You know, if he's able to throw Jason Tatum off of his game and you know put up twenty points, twenty five points, or they are average, you know, around twenty in the series in an Iguodala esque way, I, I I wouldn't love it, but I think <laughs> Andrew Wiggins could be a dark horse here. All right, I All like right. it. He he gets the vaccine and suddenly turns into the best player of his entire career. How that worked out as well too. So Kelsey, exactly. you got your, you got yourself a job here. Go ahead and break the tie. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, so I I actually took notes on what you guys are saying because this is gonna be this is gonna come down. And if you guys want to know how many notes I took, this is a whole page worth of notes already that you guys just <laughs> talked about. I have little arrows pointing up and down on things I agree with, things I don't agree with. I just want to go through a couple of them. You mentioned Ime Udoka, uh, Antonio. I think that's a huge aspect is what he's been able to do out coaching teams. And then on the flip side of things, Casey, you mentioned that Al Horford might be the guy that you think is going to be detrimental to the Celtics. And I personally, I think this is like his legacy on the line. I think Al Horford's legacy is on the line here. If he wins this, he goes into the Hall of Fame. He loses this. We, we might not see him in the Hall of Fame. And that might be a legacy thing in the back of his head that plays into it. But on the opposite side of things, you did talk about Steve Kerr and his greatness in, in, in these these finals, and that is a huge plus as well. And then the big negative for the for the Celtics is those blown leads they've proven in these playoffs. It's a huge negative. Honestly, that's the actual – I gave that a double down because I was like, that is a huge negative that you cannot overlook, and that is the difference between these two. It honestly ends up that one negative over everything else you guys talked about. I wholeheartedly agree. I also like the Celtics in seven pick, but I actually have the Warriors in seven is where my mind goes. I love the seven games. You got the positive for the seven games. You got the negative for the Celtics. Casey, you got the positive for the Warriors, the negative for the six games. 
so it really did come down to one thing, and that is just at the end of the day, Antonio, you hit the nail on the head. They have to worry about their youth blowing leads, and that's the difference between this 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 debate. Really comes down to that. I got to give it to Casey in this one by the narrowest of margins, guys. Uh, but this has been honestly the toughest grade. I literally just had to pull out my grading notebook to get this one going. And this is <laughs> you guys obviously fit, provided a lot of fantastic facts for us and made my job a living hell. So. I don't enjoy it, but this was a fantastic time. Awesome. That, that it was. And that's why we had you doing that job. So I didn't have to do it as well, too. So thank you guys but so much for joining us as well, too. For those of you, you can find Antonio Perez, co-host at Sideline Summit, Celtics beat writer for Belly Up Sports, and Casey with the at dudes talking underscore pod, as well as contributor for Blue Man Hoop. Those were at their Twitter ads as well, too. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. And I can't wait for this series. If I wasn't hyped before, you guys got me basically on the edge of my seat. That's almost falling out from behind me. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate you for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot of fun. Um, I, I say it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be a fun series. I can't wait until I'm, until I'm shaking at 855 <laughs> before kickoff tomorrow and I can't breathe. <laughs> But I'll rephrase that. It's going to be fun know. for us neutral ones here as well, too. If we were fans of this team, we'd be the same way, biting the nails and sweating and everything like that as well, too. So it should be an absolute blast of the series. And Kelsey, I, do you need a drink? Are you feeling okay after this? I mean, do we just kind of oh, roll I, out your teaching duties? My, my bottles are ready to go. I've already cracked <laughs> them open. There, the, the pill has has been 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 burst on both of these. Absolutely. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. This has been a fantastic episode, and we will see you guys next week. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.